Welcome to You Must Chill, the weekly podcast on all things scream-free. My name is John Allen Turner. And I'm Hal Edward Runkle. Hal, a couple of uh, days ago, it seems, we were together at a birthday party. We went to our good friend Dane, turned 50. Man, he's old. We have old friends. <laughs> I'm, of course, I'm not that far behind. Yeah, I'm 40, for, 47. I'm 43. I'm 43. I was thinking I was thinking I'm 7 years from that and so I yes. so I'm 43 now. And uh and I'm 41. 41. And so uh, this stage of life you do start thinking about things a little bit differently. And I know you're getting ready to uh, you're going to Italy. Mhm. Right for a couple of weeks. And this has been on your bucket list. Yes. And a lot of people our age start thinking about bucket list items. Yes. Why do we do that? I don't know. You don't know, but you want to go to Wimbledon. You, you told me just yes. a few minutes ago, yes. Wimbledon was bucket on list. your bucket list. Yes. So what, what, what Here's the thing. You just, you just you want to experience as much as you can before you uh, kick the bucket, obviously. Well, clearly that's where it comes from. Yes, yes. yes. And we do this because uh, we do it as we get older in each stage of life because we realize we has, have less time. And it's so a sense know, of urgency kind of creeps up on you. And as our kids, and we talked about this the last podcast, as our kids age, it reminds us of our aging. Right. So as they grow up, we come to the realization that we are growing, growing older. old. Yes. Older, I guess. Older. So what would be, like, what are some other things on your bucket list? Do you, do you know them off the top of your head? No, no, but I have... When you I haven't tu- actually written these things down. When I turned 40, I did go through a, uh, um, how would I call it, an intentional life investigation. Did you go by a motorcycle? No. Okay. No. I, so it I wasn't have, a midlife crisis. No, I have done some. I have done some midlife thingies. Okay, thingies. Thingies, if you will. <laughs> I have. I started. I built a gym downstairs because I said, you know what? I've never had the body that I've always wanted. Right. And although it's a lot harder to create that body than it would have been when I was twenty-five, I'm going to. Do, and it's a lot harder because I've got tons of titanium holding my spine together and ah. a torn ACL in my knee. Blah blah blah. But and you're getting that repaired. December, right? Yes, I am. So, and also, I um, uh, I just started taking care of my body more because, you know what, I can't help the gray hair, but I can help the flab. Well, you could you dye know. your well, hair. I could. You could. You're right. You're right. Some things actually, like that. Oh, a I lot actually, of guys our age do that. I use, I, I use tanning creams on my face okay. because I'm tired of being the palest guy in every room. And now I am the Well, John. Kaplan John is, is always the going to be our, our managing director of the Scream Free Institute. Yeah, he is so white. He is see through in so He has lights. zero, zero, zero pigment. Pigment. Yeah. He will say, well, no, that's not true. He's not. <laughs> he just says he has zero, an inability to tan whatsoever. So he, he coats himself. <laughs> he goes from white to red. Yes, instantly. I've seen it. <laughs> you seen can it. watch it happen before he, your very eyes. He owns stock in multiple sunscreen companies. Wow. And so you are buys. going, you decided orange is better than white. I do not look orange. <laughs> They have improved it dramatically. Maybe, maybe it's the fluorescent I lighting in this room. <laughs> so, uh, the, but this idea of bucket lists, you know. So, uh, so our friend Dane wants to jump out of an airplane. Yes, that's his he's big invited, thing. He wants he's to... invited us. Right, and right. I have said no. Because You've declined. I, I would fall apart. I, I want to go. I, I'm I'm willing to go. Well, I w- I would love everything except the last ten feet. 
Okay. Because the deal is people say, oh, you land. No, you don't land soft. I've, you, I've met with enough army guys over the last several years. You land hard. It's like jumping off your garage. I could do that once. I think I, I could, do, you that could once. do it. I could do it once, but I'm just afraid of what would happen. And you don't the the like the free fall and all that wouldn't be worth the jolt. Well, because your spine. Dude, I mean, you, your, your back is, is really. Oh a, yeah, it's a mess. bad. Yeah. So and my knee is it's totally shot right now. So no, I can't do it. So uh, so travel destinations or sporting events or things of that sort is that what your bucket list consists Sexual of? Sexual adventures. Wow. Okay. This, joking. This went in a weird place <laughs> that I did not intend for it to go. <laughs> there are social. I will tell you this. There are social situations that I think about as well. Yeah. And it started social situations like you want to meet somebody. You well, wanna... I do. I do. But it's also just I. I've I'm, I'm weird. Well, in, in yes. this regard. We've... But it, when I was in graduate school, becoming a therapist, we had certain assignments that we had to do some awkward social things to get used to the awkwardness, because it would help our ability to be empathic with others, but right. had to go into social situations that would make us uncomfortable and just check on ourselves. What's okay, going how on am I doing? Me? What yeah, is going so, on here? you know, go to a gay bar. Yeah. Or even worse for me was go dancing. Oh, yeah. Good. Good God. Are you? Oh, I've never yeah. seen you dance, now that and I think about it. Is it like Elaine Bennis <laughs> yeah, on this Seinfeld? <laughs> There's a lot of thumbs, flailing around. Thumbs akimbo, yes. <laughs> no, no, I just, I'm not going to dance ever again. Okay. Ever again. But, but you can tell people it's because you're back. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think, though, I would love to try like salsa dancing with my wife in Rio. I think that would be like take a lessons or something. Now, if the people from Dancing with the Stars mm. were to call you. If I suddenly became, instead of the double Z level, level celebrity I am. If you I became am, like I a C-level celebrity, you yes. know, if you were on the D list, uh, you, you would consider going on Dancing with the Stars? I have to admit. For the good of the organization, how? Uh, no, for no. the number of zeros that would be on that wow. offer. Though they okay. they yeah. pay those guys a lot of money. Do they really? Okay. Oh, yeah, I mean, they're stars of a TV show, know. and you get paid how long you last on that I've sucker. never watched an episode of this show. I've never watched a full episode, because it always looks so horribly cheesy. Yes. Right. But there are, there's frequently a like a, an athlete on there. I remember... They uh, do well. Emmett Smith yeah. won the thing. Clyde Drexler did not. No, I know he, that. he did. Ba- he did he, poorly. He did poorly. I think he's too tall. It's a deal. Tall guys don't do as well. I think. So uh, this idea that we're facing our mortality and a time is running out, and that fuels us to to search within us, take an inventory, and decide what we really want. Is that what a bucket list is? Yeah, and it's 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 actually an exercise we do in our training. In our training, we, uh, counselors come from all over the world, and we're so blessed to have amazing trainers who've come from, I think at this point, 15 different countries around mm-hmm. the world to come get trained in our offices, and they get certified as scream-free leaders. They can go teach our material in, in their population or you know slice of life. So we lead them through an exercise that we call thoughtful wishing. Thoughtful wishing. Now, I borrow that phrase. As opposed phrase. to wishful thinking. Exactly. I borrow that phrase from C.S. Lewis, one yeah. of my favorite authors and thinkers. And, and he talked about that, that the best thing we can do is to contemplate what it is we want most. Now, I've developed a whole thing from that that eventually should go into a, a, a whole book. But that the real conflicts in life, I believe, are not between right and wrong. The real conflicts in life are between what we want and what we want, what we want most, 
and what we want right now. now. Yeah. And when those are in conflict, that's when life gets very difficult. And if I can learn to delay gratification and say no to what I want right now so that I can say yes to what I want most. That is a step, but I don't even like the delay gratification. What I find best when I am most successful is when I'm not delaying gratification. It's when I'm getting gratification from what I want right now because I know it leads directly to what I want most. See, delaying gratification means I will suffer now Sure. With the hope of gaining later. But it never works that way for a long time. Say working out. This is the easiest yeah, yeah, example. Yeah, that's a perfect example. I've got to learn to enjoy the workout. Working out. Yeah, not just enjoy what working out gets me, but actually enjoy working out. I've got to see that, you know what, if I lift this weight and reach this goal uh, in this particular workout, then it helps me reach that later goal in that later workout. I've got to learn to enjoy the moment because I know it leads to better moments, not suffer the moment and get through it because it leads to. Right, but I don't know how to learn how to enjoy lettuce. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how to do that. It's because you're not Buddhist. Thich Nhat Hanh. Yes, well, yeah. You've read oh, yeah. Thich Nhat Hanh. Oh, yeah. Vietnamese Buddhist, peace, peace, Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, brilliant author. Unbelievably brilliant, but thoroughly Buddhist. Oh, yeah. Thoroughly Buddhist. But his thing is he meditates on his food. And learn because he wants to train himself to enjoy every morsel. Because the, he says this is the problem: is we are scarfing down food, and he encourages people take twenty. Actually, taste your food and take twenty bites, twenty chews, twenty chews, chews yeah, 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 of each bites, bite. Yeah. yeah, twenty chews of each bite. Again, I don't. How do you do that with soup? Does he, do, do Buddhists not eat soup? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> soup, you keep it in your mouth for a little while longer. Swish I don't it around know. Like, like Listerine? Or yes. <laughs> you just sit with it. You don't savor just it. No, I get it. savor I get it. You yeah, swallow yeah. it, right? It, it, you it's tough of, to be a legalist Buddhist. Yes. Because that's it, sort of... Well, that's totally an, antithetical. It's, it's a, but it's a learning to recognize, look, all we have is process. Yeah. Okay. Because even when you do get the goal that you're looking for, what you want most... It never tastes as good as you thought it was if you've been sacrificing, sacrificing, sacrificing up to get it. Right. It never does because then it's, I mean, how often you see this is they win the, they win the championship and they talk about all the hard work is worth it. And then the next day they're talking Back about, the I got to do it next year. Yeah. Now we got to figure because out Because they're recognizing year. you were searching after the pot of gold right at the end of the path without realizing, look, the whole path was lined with gold the whole way. It just wasn't as shiny as that promise. Right, all right. So you getting in better shape and building this gym, it's not because you want to do the Ironman triathlon I, or because there's you There's a want... part of me that would love to do those Tough mutters, whatever. I realize I can't because my body couldn't do it. Well, because running through the thing that gives you the electric shock... Yes. That would, uh, that would hurt for you because you have more metal in your body. I have metal. Yeah. I have lots of metal Now, in do my you body. set off metal detectors no. in the airport People or anything People ask me that all like the time. That? No, there's too much innards between, <laughs> between my metal and <laughs> the... Too uh, much guts in yes, there. Yeah, too much innards. <laughs> yeah, between me and the detector. So do you encourage people to, to sit down and th- do this? Uh, yes, the, uh, in the thoughtful, thoughtful wish. But here's how it works. 
And when you, when you do it, when you, you didn't quite explain the yes. whole process. You, you take people through this process, and you ask them to, to write down what? Anything they want. What do you want? That's and you write it down. It. I got this from... Like, do people I got say, this... I want a sandwich? Yeah. I got this from a wonderful, brilliant doctor, psychologist named Maria Nemeth, and she has a book called The Energy of Money, which I think is the best book on looking at your relationship with money. The energy of money. It's fantastic. And she leads through a couple of exercises, and one of which she just has people just begin to list anything and everything that comes to your mind, and you have to say no. This is the hardest exercise people go through when they come through our training. They think they're going to get, okay, here's how you d- deliver screen-free talk to a huge group of... Right. Yeah, and we, too, we do do that. But... You said doo-doo. I said doo-doo. <laughs> Thank you. We are now Beavis and Butthead. That's fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, You start without... You've got to silence the monkey on your shoulder. Uh, Buddhists, again, we're referencing Buddhism. You and I, two Judeo-Christian guys referencing Buddhism. They have a thing called monkey mind, where it's this little monkey on your shoulder that's always the naysayer. Well, that's... In psychological terms, we would refer to that as a generalized other. Yes, the judge who sits up on your it's side, a governor or whispers a judge. into yes. your ear. Yeah, and Buddhists always called it the monkey mind, and it's just this whisper. And so, when you're doing this sitting down, just thoughtful wishing, mm-hmm. and you always got this judge or this angel or this monkey sitting on your shoulder saying, "You problem. can't do that. You'll never be able to do that." Or you shouldn't want that. Oh, that's a selfish thing for you to want. It's so hard for people to do this because what, you've got to say no to that because every time you're thinking, "Well, I know what I should want." And so often, so many of us have grown up knowing what we should want that we're not in, Don't even know what you do We have want. no clue what we do want. Yeah. And so this exercise, so start simple. Not what your parents want, not what your, your spouse Not what your minister says wants you should you, want. Right. right. What do you really want. want? And the best thing is don't think about what do you want most. Just think about right now, what do you want? A new truck. Put it down. Right? Is that what you want right now, a new truck? I, I do want a new car. I'm, yeah, I'm having a hard time envisioning you like behind a. I've actually thought a about it like a pickup truck. But here's the deal: you you know what I drive? Yeah, I you drive, drive a beater van. I drive a '96 Honda Odyssey minivan. Yeah, two hundred and ten thousand miles on it. Wow, it's we call it the beast. But the, most of the driving, you know what I do? Yeah. Now, mm. is that like a, a a Dave Ramsey kind of thing? You know, it is. It is. It's there's a lot of reasons why we do it, but it, yeah. The main thing I do in a car is drive to the airport. But you know, Dave Ramsey encourages people, you know, live within their means and, sure. and don't, you know, and so he said, I, I saw him recently at an event and he said, uh, he gets tired of people coming up and showing him pictures of these old cars and saying, that's my Dave Ramsey car. And he's right. like, take a picture of the car you buy when you're out of debt and send that to me. Right. That's your Dave Ramsey car. Interesting. Yeah. I, I will tell the kids because kids. I mean, my wife drives a much nicer car, but it's, sure. it's still just it's a nice Honda. We, yeah, yeah. I, I don't like luxury. I, I don't like cars. Be, period. Cars are the biggest money sucker in the world. <laughs> a house at least appreciates value. A car, as soon as you drive it off the lot, whoop. Yeah. So I, and they do their maintenance down. and blah blah sure. blah. And so unless I, you're going to keep that thing for thirty years, which I have, become a, my yeah, Honda really. Odyssey minivan. <laughs> I bought it when it had three years. It was three years old with thirty thousand miles, and now it's got two hundred. And then the guy says it'll go another hundred. Wow. My yeah, son that's... now is kind of cool though. He's like, dude, I can't wait to get this. He and wants to paint flames, flames on, on it. it. Yeah. yeah. And I said, dude, that that'd be awesome. But flaming beast. I will tell the kids. Look, it saves us about five hundred bucks every month driving this car as opposed to something else. Yeah. Sure. And then that helps pay for your college. So shut up. 
But <laughs> I, at the same time, shut up and get in the van. I'm telling myself that because I got to tell them because I, I would like a new car. Yeah, I would like. A, I mean, new to me. Sure, I would like that. So you start off with that, but also just I like I want to say I remember doing this a few years ago and and saying I want a car that I'm not embarrassed yeah. for other people to get in. I remember saying that, and I'm. It is hard for people, other people, to get in my car. I know you always make me drive when we go to lunch. You always say you're driving. Yeah. So, but at the same, here's what here's one thing that's interesting. I'm testing myself again. I'm weird. Well, right, yeah. I, I'm weird. I test, we've, but we've I established. Yes, that. but I test myself. Like when I go to the airport and I have to use park and ride, and so then you got to ride in the little bus yeah. out to the car, and then they've got you've got to say out in front of everybody which car is yours. Is yours. When they call your number, right? So, so do what you, kind of do you car try is to it? park next to nice cars so you can say I'm that Lexus? No, over there. that's a good idea. I've never tried that. <laughs> but here's what my test is: What do I actually say? Can I just say it's the blue Odyssey minivan? With the scuff marks on the side. Because you know what I normally say. And the stick figure bumper sticker. You guess what I normally (laughs) say. You know, I'm the closet comedian, and Uh it's a way to mask your insecurity. Of course. So I'm always like, yeah, I'm in the old as dirt, ugly a minivan. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody's like, the ugliest vehicle on that row? It's mine. That's what I do. But sometimes, and that's what I usually do, but occasionally, normally. And you're doing that because you're insecure exactly. about it, because you fear that the people around you are judging you As based getting on your they're getting into their da 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 and I want them to know, no, I could afford more. And I then really I, but then, But to. then I wonder, what am I doing? Do I really feel insecure? And so, so it's a test of me. But anyways, back to the thoughtful wishing thing. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think this is a fantastic exercise, and I do it regularly. Just start Like listening. how often? Do you do it every six months? Do you do I'm, it every six weeks? I do it every weeks? probably month. I'll just be... Once a month. I'll be on an airplane and... What I'll do say, I want? What do I want? What's Sushi. going on? Well, yes, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. you just go and go and go and you let yourself go. I mean, really, like, you know, uh, you're, you're a, a mom who has been stuck in a mom position and what you really want is a fantastic tryst with a cabana boy named Carlos that nobody will ever know about. Just... Write it down. You yeah. Don't yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, and you can destroy it. You can whatever. Yeah, you can this, leave it on the airplane. Exactly. Just, just write, write it, it down. Whatever just own pops. what you want. Just because you without not, judging you yourself. You not really want it. That's the hard part, though, is owning what you want without judging yourself. Exactly. And just saying, I'm not responsible for the emotional... Con- for the for the contents of my uh, because mind. what I yeah. am responsible for is what I do, what I with, do these. with them exactly right yeah, yeah, and yeah. when we are not allowing ourselves to at least put them down on paper to at least own them then they begin to own us and it's a li- it becomes a little bit like a like a beach ball that right. you try to push underwater exactly and and the more you try to hold it underwater the more it keeps popping up a, it finds a way to pop up it's a great image and it happens in marriages all the time you can't share that you have a fantasy about having an affair right, right? because you're afraid of what that'll do to your marriage what it'll do to my partner's self-esteem, what it'll do to the marriage, what it'll ultimately do to me but then once you do that what happens is you begin to resent the fact that you can't share all of you, and so yeah. you try and defeat those thoughts in you. But you know what? Your secretary or your colleague, you know what? They talk so nice to you, mm. the way your husband used to talk to you. Mm. And he looks at you, and he remembered your birthday. 
And he noticed that you got your hair exactly changed or that you've lost a few pounds or whatever. Right. And so there's a I love the beach ball thing. I'm trying to suppress it, trying to suppress it. I can't just own it. Yeah, the beach ball's here. Yeah. Right? Doesn't look, mean I'm look, it's a beach ball. Right. I will tell you, and I'm gonna embarrass my my wife with this a little bit, but if she gets hit on, she tells me. Yeah, I don't. That, that I seems have, weird. I, yeah, that would not threaten me. I feel no threat. I, what I what threatens me is if she's getting hit on, hit on by some guy and she doesn't tell me. Right. Right. But she wouldn't tell you because she doesn't trust that you're able to keep yourself calm. So she somehow or other feels it's in her job description that mm. part of what her job is, is to keep you calm. And right. Well, that's part of the whole marriage ugliness that we're trying to defeat with the scream free marriage material right some of the lies is that i'm the caretaker of your security no. or provider you, of you your have security. to own that uh, if, and if you if you don't own it then that's where there's a problem right and that's one of the, but all this is why we can't do this thoughtful wishing exercise because we're not supposed to want those things but you got to allow yourself to just write anything and everything because what happens is as you go through the exercise you what will you really want most always ends up at the bottom of the list yeah because after you've thinking, had a chance to just sort of i want a million out, dollars yeah. right and i want to you know want a helper monkey yes <laughs> wow <laughs> and <laughs> now you're the one that's weird i want this i want this and then at the end you know what what do i want most i want a relationship with my kids Build mutual respect. I want to wake up in the morning and not be tired. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, those, those kinds of things. And so then you start to think, well, what am I doing towards that end? And that helps you. And what are these, and then what do these desires say about me? Right. See, again, nobody tells you that that's what a grown up really is. Hmm. A grown-up isn't just someone who works and pays their bills and is a responsible member of society. Right. A grown-up is someone who owns what they want mm-hmm. and does what they must in order to get what they want. Or appropriate what they want. See, me wanting a uh, million dollars... Right doesn't mean I'll do whatever it takes to get that. No, I will no. say what does that because say I also about want me? to. I want to be a person of integrity who has a million dollars. Right. So this means I want to pursue being a good provider. Hmm. Yeah. I don't have to have X amount of zeros in order to meet that. That's goal. true. True. See, these are more than goals to attain. These speak to pursuits worth pursuing. Yeah. That are true to who you are, right? So what you come up, you end up, uh, when we do this exercise, you end up with a note card that has on the back of it things that are about you, that are unique to you. Yeah. Yeah. And so... I uh, want a helper monkey. That's a unique thing to me. I bet there are other people out there who are listening to this who think... I've always wanted to help her monkey too. I'm glad somebody else vocalized that. You live in a world <laughs> of fantasy about what other people want. <laughs> so what I come away with are some things about me that help then evaluate my pursuits. Right? Mm-hmm. So I want to be a good provider. Well... Is me buying these new golf clubs 
going to actually help me get there. No, that can be. Maybe. Yeah, because I can have another thing that says, you know what, I like to be athletic. Sure. And or if you keep playing golf with John Kaplan and beating him by 29 strokes, then, then I get that helps money. you be exactly. a good provider. He's going to enjoy hearing that. <laughs> 29 <laughs> he, strokes he in one round. He doesn't listen to this. No, nah, that's true. He doesn't. So I encourage people to get in touch with what they want because we have to learn what it is we want most and evaluate that next to the things that we want right now. Now, you learned this from reading books. And going to school. And, and going, going to, to school. therapy. And my yeah. own therapist. Yeah. Um, why don't parents teach this to their kids? Because they don't know it themselves. Okay. They're, they're too busy trying to hold down the beach ball of, of their, their own, own life. desires, and nobody has given them permission to own all of themselves. They're trying to kind of compartmentalize themselves and say no to, in psychology we call it their shadow self, mm-hmm. this part of you that you don't want to let out into the light and you yeah. don't want anybody else to know. And, and of course, you know, what the, the stronger, the metaphor I use is it's like a dog chained in the basement. And you try to busy yourself on the upper floors, pretending the dog's not barking. And if you keep yourself busy enough and wear noise-canceling headphones, whatever, and escape from life, then the dog button. But when it's quiet, that dog, that dog barks. barks hard. And, and so that's he, why we have trouble falling asleep at night. That's why we don't mm-hmm. like to spend time by ourselves. And it gets that's quiet. why we get away from meditation and all that yep. kind of stuff, because that's when the dog barks. Right. It's amazing. We want it quiet. Give me. That's all I want is a house full of quiet, the kids to get quiet. And, and then, then the when, quiet haunts us exactly. and drives us crazy. Because we have not welcomed the dog into our lives, because we're scared of the dog. We're scared of that shadow self. And so we try and stuff it in mixing metaphors. We try and stuff that beach ball underneath the water. And so we're working so hard at that that we don't know how to teach our kids that. And so that's why it scares us to death when our kids have desires we don't want them to have. I want to travel to Europe. You know, your 17-year-old says that, and we think, no, you're not supposed to. You're going to college. I want to do drugs. Yeah, No, you're not supposed to want that. I want to have sex. No, you're not supposed to want that. Exactly. I want new. I want new this and new that and new this. You know. Yeah. I want to buy, 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 consume, consume, consume. Right. We have not learned to appropriate or well, integrate is maybe the best term. Our multiple selves enough to get comfortable with the fact that they're going to have multiple selves, and it's it, okay to want. Is some of this the the idea that? We, we believe that just because you want to do something, that necessarily means you're going to do it. Bingo. That's a huge thing. We're scared of our kids' desires because it's, we think it's easier. If you don't want it, then it's easier to control right, it. But if right. you want it, then you have to have it. And so one of the things... And we- so we teach them misinformation about things like sex. Absolutely. We tell them sex is gross and dirty and awful. Until you get married, and then and it's then wonderful. And then it's supposed to be wonderful. You just right. flip a switch. Right. And, and, and there's so, much, so many problems with sex. Or they end up having sex and realize, wait a second, this wasn't... And so you've been Horrible keeping or awful. it. You've been lying to me the whole time. Well, and that's what advertisers are certainly banking sure. on is yeah. that parents are keeping you from experiences, right? That are actually really, really good, and we want them to. We want your parents to fund it, but we don't. But want, we want yeah. Yeah, to know about it or whatever. But we teach them early on. You don't want that candy. 
I can't handle you wanting that candy in the grocery <laughs> store. You know, no, you're not supposed to want it because if you want it, then that means I have to actually confront that want with a no. And here's what's amazing. I want this. And one of the excuses we use early, early on is we can't afford it. I want new shoes. Yeah. We oh, no, we can't afford it. But when you can afford it, what are you, what are you so going to say then? Are, are you saying that if you could afford it, then, then there would be nothing stopping yeah. you? Well, for a lot of people, yes, because we don't have impulse control because we haven't rank ordered our priorities in life. We haven't and we done don't, exercises like this. don't know how to say no to what we want now so we can say yes to what we want ultimately. And what we do is we allow life to tell us no. Yeah. I can't afford it. Right. We don't live there. It's too far. Instead of saying to our son, no, you're not getting new basketball shoes. Why? Because you already have basketball shoes. Yeah. And because I would rather do this. I would rather pay for your college or yeah. the private school that we send you to. Or something. Or new golf clubs for me, you <laughs> ungrateful <laughs> dork. Yes. I would rather do that or with the hopes that maybe I'll get a better car. Now, are How am you, I going to play for the pay for the flames on your for, car? On the uh, flaming beast. Exactly. If I get, yeah. The beast. Now, are you, what, what do you do now? You got teenagers. How, how are you setting them up to own their desires now? Well, I hope I've been doing it their whole life. Because my parents didn't do that for me. I, I don't no. think your parents did that for you. No. No. No, I, I, we have tried to encourage them. And in fact, I even did this thing. I remember. It, it, it was and locked a mystery for me. And I think I mentioned this in Scream Free. You go with the momentum. And we called it judo parenting. Mm-hmm. But we were coming home, I think, from a church outing. My daughter was young. She was like three, right? And she wanted to stay, and she was throwing a huge fit, right, that we were oh, leaving. We had, yeah. I mean, a huge, I huge those fit. Days. Oh, my gosh. And it's just embarrassing and whatever. And you finally, you know what? Okay, we got to pick you up. Yep. All right, it's going to be okay. And then we got in the car, and she's screaming and screaming and screaming. And, and I turned to my wife, and I said, uh, let's, see if, let's see what happens here. And I said, you want to go, turn my, you want to go, us to turn around and go back, don't you? Yes. Right. Okay. And if we did, what would you do there? Well, I would play with Sally. Oh, yeah, you like Sally, don't you? Yeah, she's fun. And what would you guys do? Oh, well, we would do this and this. We were already doing that. All of a sudden, she's that. not throwing her fit anymore. She's talking about what she wants. I said, oh, man, so I want to be fun. And she was like, still holding on. No, I it would be fun right now. I, it absolutely I would. I hear you. you yeah, it, it sure would be. It absolutely would be. It absolutely would be. So what else would you do? And I was doing this thoughtful wishing exercise yeah. with her, not realizing that's what it was. But it was just, I want to communicate, I'm not afraid of your desire. Yeah. Now, that doesn't change my mind. No. It doesn't turn us around because you want it, you get it. But because you want it doesn't mean you're bad. That's an important thing, I think, to pass to our kids. The idea that your desires yeah. don't make you a bad person. At all. At doesn't make you a good person or a bad person. They just are. They just are. So, uh, own it. That's you can't manage. I it am until the kind of person who wants these things. I was I picked up my daughter from a house that we'll just say is larger than ours. Okay. Yes. By a tenfold. Like your house could fit in their house about ten times. Yeah. Enormous. Yeah. Enormous house. My kids, because they go to a private school, because my wife teaches there, they have friends that Exposed have tons to more kids. money yeah. than we do, which is great. Um. And this is a great family. We love this family. So we go pick her up. 
and we're talking about way. And she wants me to drive. When we're driving, hey, I want to show you this house. Show you this house, right? Oh, in yeah, their yeah, neighborhood. Yeah. And so we drive the house, and it's Usher's house. Oh, wow. Right. Okay. So, oh, cool, cool. It's Usher, right, right. Which I knew he lived in that subdivision. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of celebrities live here in Atlanta. But there's a kid on my baseball team whose parents live three doors down, and their house dwarfs Usher's house. Wow. Right. Yeah. Which I've been at their house many, many times. Okay. And it's fantastic. It's Goodness. the one it's the one that has the walk in cell temperature con- controlled cellar where it's all organized on an iPad and oh, you can wow. paint out the wine that you want in the region that you want. But that's while you're sitting in the courtyard. This is all in their basement. There's a courtyard before you get into their cellar. <laughs> and the courtyard <laughs> is is framed by uh oak from Tuscany. <laughs> So like the door and the gate. I, and I was at a house like this. My friend Ken Bo had his 60th birthday party a few uh-huh. years ago. We went in this old Tuxedo Hill money mm, sure, right downtown sure. Atlanta. And the way we had to park, we kind of parked around the side of the house. And then we come walking up this hill. And there's this huge house. And I walk in. I sit down. And everybody is in there. And, and uh, then somebody says to me, have you been in the house? Mm. And I thought... I thought am, I was am, in the house. Am I in the house now? You're in the guest villa We or were something. in the pool house. Oh, yeah. And there was a whole other house. Hi- and yeah. the pool house was bigger than my house. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay, so, so you, you pick your daughter up. And, and, so, you're driving. and so we're driving. And she's like, oh, my gosh. That's, you know. And so what do they do? And Well, this guy retired at 32. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. After Wall Street. Yeah. I, mean, I had a career in Wall Street and worked for like eight years in and Wall see, Street. That's a revelation for kids because they expect Usher to mm-hmm. have that house. And if somebody has a house bigger than Usher, well, that must be Jay-Z. Exactly. Or that must be... And then you go, or no, that's... Matt Ryan. Walt Frankel. He was a real estate attorney. Exactly. And they go, what? And, so it was, and that's great because my daughter is 16 and we want her to be exposed because one of the things that Jenny, my wife, realized is unless we're exposing our kids to multiple careers, then what do careers do they see? Yeah. They see... Celebrities. Or what do they see in their daily life? Teachers. Teachers coaches. Yeah. Ministers. Doctors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. They don't know that there are other people who do other things. Millions of other things. And yeah. so it was great that she's saying, oh my gosh, I want to live in a house like that. Well, okay, let's talk about what it means to be oh, a stockbroker. What does he do? Okay, this, he did an MBA in finance, just like your uncle did one. And mm-hmm. he owns his own business and lives a great, oh, wow. So what would I have to do there? And one of the things we've told our kids, and we had this conversation a couple of podcasts ago about so. how how uh, we yeah. insist that our kids pick any major you want, but you but have you're to minor in study, business, yeah. business or economics, because we want you to understand how Money. commerce really organizes the world in so many ways. We want you to understand that, mm-hmm. and so, uh, so you could do it, and it's and oh, I want to go. So he went to where? I think he went to North uh, University of Chicago Business School. I want, I want. Can we explore University of Chicago? And I said, look, it's not undergrad, and you want to go to grad yeah. school there. So mm-hmm. go pick a, a good undergraduate program and, and get do good well, grades, and you can go do an MBA. And oh, okay. And the wheels are spinning, mm-hmm. right? And I wanted, and I, I wanted to normalize that desire. Yeah. Now there's a part of me that says you shouldn't want to live in a conservative Christian a upbringing. Yeah, sure. You know that says you shouldn't want this, right? Because that's ostentatious, or that's but, but you know I showy, have, or whatever. I have been so blessed to get to know amazingly uh, amazing people who have been gifted with the incredible ability to make tons of money. Oh, yeah. And that see that as an unbelievable burden of responsibility to s- support organizations non- non-profit like organizations the like the Screen Free Institute, right? And so uh, I love it that she wants that. Yeah. But I had to come to grips with my own desire for it. 
in order for you to let your daughter know that it's normal. Because, because the have- most powerful thing we do as parents is help our kids define normal. That's what they're going to carry with them the rest of their lives, a sense exactly. of normal. And is it normal to have competing desires within you? Yes. yes. Absolutely. Do I have a desire to serve others? Yes. yes. I'm a therapist who works in a nonprofit organization. Do I also have a desire to go to Cabo and eat sushi? Yes. yes do of I, course I do. Absolutely. I, do I have a desire? Do I have a desire to have a nicer car? Yes. Yes. Now, do you have a desire to pay for your children's school? Yes. yes. And those things are in oftentimes comp- compete. Compete, and but I and that's why I've got to con- and like I said, I do this exercise like once a month. Okay. Where I'll just yeah. When you're just sitting on a plane, you got nothing else to do. Just think, what do I want? Because I want to know: Am I pursuing the things that I want most, or am I being distracted by things that I want right now that don't mm-hmm. lead me to what I want most? Yeah. And that helps me curb my distraction somewhat it's not a foolproof method but it is something that helps me get re-in touch re-in touch get in (laughs) touch with the real me so um you're raising your kids to do this exercise i have not really done this exercise doing an exercise with your kids is going to always feel artificial yes no the best thing is that i do the exercise myself and then you just sort of organically bring it into conversations. Tell me, People yeah. ask me all the time, how do you get your kids to talk more? And I said, you don't. You can't. You don't. It all depends on when they do talk, even if it's just little tiny slivers of openings, right? So, yeah, we have How this, do you respond? We have this idea that there's this tension between quality time and quantity time, mm-hmm. and I think that's a false dichotomy. I agree. Because you can't schedule quality time. No. Um, and... And so you just have to be available. It's presence. Yeah. It's being available for those rare moments when your kids are willing to open up and say, um, you know what? Uh, you know, My daughter like recently um, confided in me mm. that she has developed a crush mm. on uh, Robert Downey Jr., well, she's obviously searching for a father figure that she doesn't have. Going after I think an older it's the goatee. Like that. I think it's the goatee. That you happen yeah, to have I as have, well? Yeah, is, I uh, think that, no. Um, the normal psychological uh, process. And um, I, will, I will admit, you're watching the Iron Man mm-hmm. movies and everything. Mm-hmm. He's a charming man. No, he's very, very charming. He's a charming man with charming. a great, uh, graceful sense of humor. He's... And, the, 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 he is the character that holds the Avengers together. Right. Which made that a fantastic movie. His first name is Agent. I have no not, idea. He's not Phil. So, um, the uh, knowing what I know about him, yes, there's a part of me as a dad that wants to say, "Nope, you got to stay away from." Oh, jeez, man. But um, allowing her to say that and not freaking out right. and uh, and saying, "Oh, I could, I could see that. I could see why that's a, sure. a legitimate thing," you know. And tell me a little bit more. What do you now, like what about is it? Him? Yeah, what do you like about him? Was it in this movie that you saw that you mm-hmm. really first... When did you start? You know, exactly. it just not smothering her with questions, a barrage of questions. You just got to do a like few. That. Yeah. But and it's it's way more art than it is science. Yes. And, and again, and we, we talked about this a couple of podcasts ago. We, we, we so want to turn these relationships of ours into math equations. Formulas, exactly. You do this. Then every time they do that output is then it will, yeah. And it just isn't. Never is. It, and if it were, 
you would be doubting it because you wouldn't <laughs> be knowing, is this a genuine response from the kid? Or did I manipulate them exactly. into responding in this way? I'd say this in marriages all the time. Is you figuring out a way to get your spouse to do more housework or have more sex yeah. doesn't get you what you want most. Which is you want them to want to have sex mm-hmm. with you. Which That's you really what force. you want. I don't just want sex. I want want to be desired. I want you to want me even more than the actual sex. I've had plenty of sex, right? And I enjoy it. Oh, yeah. But I do not want to have sex at the expense of the experience of... You don't want, well, okay, let's get this over with. It's it's when my wife wants me, even if we don't actually consummate that through the sexual act, but knowing that she wants me, that's why we get married, because we love to feel wanted, chosen, Mm -hmm. pursued. That's that's magic. That's you know, but I cannot force that. It's like there's a magnet in our heart that is drawn mm-hmm. towards people who accept and desire us. And they can only do that if they're allowed to know more of us. Yeah. And this whole process we're talking about is first allowing ourselves to know more about ourselves. That you know what? I, it's not just what I want, it's also what I don't want. I don't want to spend every waking day with my kids. And I'm okay with that. See, I, the way I delineate it oftentimes is I want to be loved mm-hmm. in a true sense of what that means. But I can only be loved to the extent I am accepted. But I can only be accepted to the extent that you I are known. known. Yes. And I can only be known to the extent I'm willing to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So opening myself up to being, to being vulnerable is really the key to getting what I really always want, is. which is being loved. And the thing that we have always found most appealing, whether it's a leader or a parent or a spouse, the thing that has always been most appealing in a human being is this amazing yet rare combination of strength and vulnerability. At the same time. And we tend to think those two are in opposition to one another. Because they have been in our own lives, in our minds. And yet, when we find somebody who is able to be strong, secure enough in themselves to be vulnerable with other people, then it's magnetic. And so vulnerability is not the absence of strength. It's a demonstration. I'm strong enough to be vulnerable. Because I don't need a particular response from you in order for me to be validated because I don't need you to validate me. I validate myself first. Right. And this means I validate my amazing, mysterious complex of desires, my wants. Mm -hmm. They're all over the place. And my journey in life is to try to integrate them all into a whole that leads me in a pursuit And hopefully I'm finding a pursuit that says yes to my strongest desires that also helps other people say yes to theirs. And in so many ways, that is kind of the mission I have adopted, both professionally and personally, is to be aligned enough in and of myself, integrated enough, that my presence helps other people feel free to be more of themselves. Mm. That's what I try to do as a therapist. I'm not trying to fix you through techniques. I want to be solid enough of a self with you that you begin to feel permission and encouragement to be truly you in all of its shadow configurations and weird combinations of conflicting desires. And that's what I want to do with my kids. 
And so I, you know, I think about that time when my three-year-old, right? And I, I'm, mm-hmm. oh, so what, are you, so what would you do? I think about when you, you're, you're hearing your daughter and say, oh, well, what do you like about him? Yeah. You know? It, is when they do offer these nuggets, these revelations, these windows into what, what, you, what they want, do you judge them like you judge yourself? That's the problem is yeah. we, we reinforce that sense, well, you shouldn't want that. Well, why not? Well, because I don't allow myself to exactly. want those sorts of things. And, there's, and it, here's the thing. Just, and we've said it. We're beating a dead horse sure, at this yeah, point. Yeah. But it's allowing myself to want something doesn't mean I'm going to pursue gratifying it. myself with that thing. Right, because I'm a grown-up, and grown-ups are comfortable enough to say, you know what, this is what I want. But I'm not going to because pursue that. I see it in conflict with what I want most. Exactly. Right? And so I'm trying to align myself with those things that I want most. So this idea that there's an affair with the cabana boy sort of floating around in the ethos of my brain, that's, that doesn't necessarily mean I want to pursue that. No. It means that, you know what, I like adventure. And it if I can stop I w- myself and ask myself the same questions that I was asking my daughter, tell me what you like about uh, Carlos exactly. the Cabana Boy. Exactly. What, is it that, what is it about this idea of chasing that, right. that that is appealing to you? Right. Well, I like the idea of there being some, some mystery or uh-huh. some, some adventure. And I like being wanted and pursued, even though I'm getting older. And you know? the idea of you know, adventurous yes. sex. That's kind of appealing to me. To which when a client begins to talk to me about that, I say, and who do you want that most with? Mm. Yeah. And what I want that most with is my husband. And then a follow-up is, and it hurts thinking that you may not be able to get that. Right. Yes, and then the tears flow. And then maybe... Because then the, the beach ball hasn't popped out without my permission. Mm-hmm. I am taking the beach ball and above the surface of the water and I'm looking at it and acknowledging the fact this is here. Right. Yeah. And it's a part of me, mm-hmm. but what do I want most? What I want most is a thrilling, adventurous, mysterious, even risky, scary mm-hmm. sexual relationship with my wife for the next 40 years. Yeah. Right. That's and, ultimately what I want most. And that doesn't make yeah. me a bad person. Oh, my gosh. That's what I want most right. in, in that arena. And so... That's not a terrible, horrible, awful, selfish, how dare you And if I want got such there by admitting to myself that, yes, I would like to be wanted by a younger woman, right? Then the, the process led you... Then that it felt good when someone uh, flirted with me, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I, I'll tell you a funny story. I was in Philadelphia earlier this week. Right. And I was, I was walking uh, out of my hotel room towards the elevator. And uh, this uh, woman was walking down the hallway towards me. Mm-hmm. And she looks right at me and she says, hey. And I say, hey. hi. <laughs> hi. And she says, you look really good. And I thought, uh, uh, so I said, Thanks. You? Thank you. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that she was talking to somebody on the phone. She oh. had her headset. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's when <laughs> that's when your beach ball just burst. It <laughs> just deflated. Oh my goodness, that's awesome. So I just kept walking, and <laughs> I went to the Reading Market and, and, and got some ice cream. Yes. And, and, 
<laughs> Self-medicated. <laughs> <laughs> growing old misery. <laughs> Cried into my oh. peanut butter ice cream. <laughs> okay, That's well, fantastic. Thanks for listening to You Must Chill, the weekly podcast on all things scream-free. Two guys learning to calm down, grow up, and get closer to the people who matter. My name is John Allen Turner. Mm, Hal Edward Runkle. Thanks, and we'll talk to you more next week.